welcome to the Drawing Room Experts. This is Zabe. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Um, after a couple of weeks of uh, tag teaming with uh, a couple of my, my friends, Sire and Farouk, um, I'm back doing a solo one. And it feels kind of weird when you're not in the in the, the habit of things to record by yourself. And I know podcast releases have been uh, quite um, uh, you know infrequent because I have so much going on work-wise and other things that I um, couldn't find time to record. But then also, I mean, I didn't find anything worth talking about either. And maybe because I was just too busy with other things that I didn't notice might be things that I would have had, normally would have had opinions on, which uh, I didn't because I didn't know about them. Um, similarly about this, this, this particular um, episode is about something that is quite fresh it's a new addition to um, to my list of things that I like. Um, and it is a, an interesting journey um, um, that I've been on, you know, sometimes actively and sometimes, sometimes passively, but I wanted to share that with you guys. Um, so today we're talking about professional wrestling. And I've already done one, one episode on, on professional wrestling, but not just not the wrestling part of it, but the music part of it. And that was a, an episode I really enjoyed talking about, you know, uh, different entrance themes of, of uh, professional wrestlers that I feel like are the best. And I think I may have rated them. Did I rate them? I'm, I'm not sure. But um, I can put like, a, you know, suggestions, video suggestions, um, uh, actually, you know what? I would I didn't do videos back then. I I only did uh, audio um, audio podcasts. Um, I can put up the link to the WWE episode up on Spotify and Google Podcasts, and it's a good time to just remind you guys follow and subscribe on Google, Apple Podcast, um, Spotify, and of course, uh, if you're watching me on YouTube, that would be really really appreciated. Um, but yeah, I did that one episode, but that mostly focused on the music part of it, but not the business part of it, which is what I wanted to talk about today. Um, not so much from a business perspective, like business, business, but more, more from a consumer perspective, because uh, like so many of you, I'm sure I grew up watching wrestling. Um, earliest memories that I have of, of WWE, which was WWF back in the 90s and late 90s until it changed to WWE. The earliest memory that I have of wrestling is when me and my brother, uh, Zan, who has featured on this podcast um, a couple of times, um, me and my brother would go and watch wrestling with my cousin, Danish, who I've yet to feature, but he's, he's more than a brother. Um, but, and, and, and I remember watching Yokozuna um, wrestle uh, Bret Hart. And this is, this is, I'm, I'm aging myself. I mean, I'm 33. So um, it, it, I think it's mid nineties, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, I don't quite remember exactly when it was, but we were like, I don't know, eight, nine or something, or maybe younger, but whenever that big match happened between uh, Bret Hart and uh, Hitman, um, um, Hitman Hart and Yokozuna, uh, we watched with, with complete attention and back then we didn't know about like storylines and you know heels and baby faces but it was just for the art just just for the entertainment 
piece of it we watched. And I remember that um, overhead suplex that um, that um, Bret Hart gave to Yokozuna um, during the game, during the, the match. Um, and I was like, wow, this is unbelievable for a guy, you know, with the physique of a, of a Bret Hart, pick up someone with the physique um, of uh, Yokozuna and, and over the head and, and, you know, gave that suplex, I remember. So that was really thrilling. And then the years went by and um, I was, I think generally I've had like an on and off relationship with the WWE and, and professional wrestling for that matter. But on came um, the the late 90s and early 2000s, um, I started watching wrestling much more religiously. I watched um, uh, Raw's on Monday and SmackDown's on Tuesdays, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I think they've changed Raw and SmackDown to different days now. I think Raw's still Monday, but I think SmackDown's like Friday night or something. Um, but... It was raw and it was the Attitude Era. And of course, you have to watch the Attitude Era. If you're a fan of professional wrestling, that was probably the prime of professional wrestling at the time. And uh, back then, it was 10 Sports as a channel. Um, I, I don't know if it's still on Pakistan. I'm pretty sure it probably is, giving some cricket games here and there. But 10 Sport used to televise WWE, Raw, and, uh, and SmackDown at the time. And it was quite late in the game when we got internet and computer at home when we realized that uh, Raw and SmackDown that we were watching on telly was like, I think a few weeks late, like it, it was it was delayed broadcast. So if something had happened on Raw, um, you know, which we saw on 10 Sports, um, I think in real time, they probably reached the the pay-per-view dates right so it, it was quite odd for me to just see and 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 uh, basically get all the results of the games and the matches prior to watching raw and smackdown um and the thing that i really loved most about wb at the time and the attitude era and the post attitude era early parts of the post attitude era when you had you know the likes of uh, brock lesnar stepping up and you know even the early years of john cena um, the thing that I really enjoyed more than the in-ring wrestling matches was the storyline, the the promos that the wrestlers would cut, like, you know, going up on stage, talking shit about your opponent or really engaging with the crowd, being the bad guy or the good guy, whatever, right? That one-on-one, those, those pure storyline moments, those pure dramatic um acting moments if you like right not the wrestling not the wrestling part um that i enjoyed more than the wrestling bit it's the wrestling is kind of like um i think nothing surprises you after a certain stage right because there's certain moves they're they'll all do maybe the physicality of something like you know the bret hart and yokozuna moment you know or um one moment that you know, springs to my mind is that um, suplex off of uh, off of the top rope rope uh, on Big Show by Brock Lesnar, which resulted in the rings ring collapsing. Um, something like that obviously does interest you, or the 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 more iconic 
that that uh, hell in a cell you know um uh match between the undertaker and mankind when i think the undertaker gave uh mcfoley um chokeslam off the top of the the steel cage um and the hell in a cell uh, matchup so stuff like that right really you know catches your attention or keeps and you know uh, you occupied but i think generally just the way the game starts the match starts you know it's a lot of like uh feeling each other out and then there's just like it, it's it's a it's it's like a dance right so you after a certain point you realize okay it's it gets a little dull and boring but very few games i remember very few matches i remember that are still fresh in my memory um one comes to mind i think um the the last one that one that i really really enjoyed was it was a random game uh, match on i keep calling it game for some reason but anyway um um the random match on raw uh, monday night raw which was shawn michaels versus uh um this other wrestler i'm i'm forgetting the name of um um he, he was quite athletic um um he was not one of the more prominent ones. I don't. Um, so, apologies if I'm forgetting um, it to be a very common name, but I think Shelton Benjamin, something like that, I, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the guy. So, Shawn Michael had a random match between him and Shelton ben- Benjamin, if that's the right name. Um, you know what? Why am I sitting in front of a computer and wondering? Just give me one second. Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, that was Shelton Benjamin. Wow. Good, good, impressive memory. So it was Shelton Benjamin and both Shelton Benjamin and Shawn Michaels. I think that game was, that match was fantastic. I remember that. I think the climax of the whole match was Shelton Benjamin jumping off of the, um, uh, the top rope but not on the turnbuckle just the top rope um trying to like uh maybe like hit hit Shawn michaels with a flying kick or 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 something jumps off of the top rope out from outside the ring and Shawn michael catches him on the the switch and music i think that was brilliant uh brilliantly executed i still remember that sound like goes right into his face and obviously Shawn michael ends up winning the match but yeah, stuff like that really, you know, uh, lives in your memory longer. But what lives in my memory more is, are the altercations, the mics, the, you know, the banter or, you know, uh, the talking shit, the promos. And as I was watching WWE, I think the promos kind of uh, really died down, right? Because there weren't really good people who could talk shit on the mic. In the Attitude Era, I remember The Rock, obviously, Stone Cold, Chris Jericho, even Triple H to an extent. Shawn Michaels was really good at it, too. Um, who am I missing in the Attitude Era? Um, yeah, I think I think these guys, uh, and then probably some more I'm forgetting. Um, but then after the post-Attitude Era, you, you had the likes of, um, you know, general manager Eric Bischoff was really, really good um and who else i mean Vince mcmahon was really good at um talking shit on the mic on the mic he was really good demanded a lot of attention 
um, Chris Jericho, as I mentioned. And um, I think Brock Lesnar was never good on the mic, so which is why they had him, you know, tagged with or, you know, looped in with uh, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is master on the mic. I watch him sometimes, even now, if I happen to stumble upon a video of him talking, I really enjoy to hear him um, in the middle of the ring. He, he, he's amazing. So the names became far, uh, you know, uh, fewer down the line post the Attitude Era, and that's why I kind of lost interest. Um, John Cena in his earlier years were pretty, was pretty good with the mic, but then became childish and unbearable, to be honest. So it was not really exciting, the wrestling business for me, and I think post-2004 or five. Um, the Undertaker was decent and a half, I would say. He was not the best, but he was decent and a half. Even the badass American face that he had, American badass face, um, he was he was okay, well, but it wasn't unbearable. He was I could listen to him, but wasn't my favorite. Um, but yeah, as soon as that that kind of like faded away, it just lost. I just lost interest, right? And then on came this guy, and this is this is where the story kind of turns, right? Turns on its head in terms of me coming back to professional wrestling, and I'll get to that later. But this guy comes in; he's um, a hell of a wrestler. So I've watched his games, matches, watched his matches. Um, so he, he really, you know, keeps you engaged. If, if you're watching, watching him wrestle on the mic, he is arguably, I think, better than even Stone Cold, I would say. Because Stone Cold was monotonous, right? Stone Cold was a lot of like one-liners. You know, St- Steve Austin says so, whatever, something like that. He wasn't, he couldn't go on a long monologue and still keep you engaged and interested in what you had to say. But this dude, um, best, I would say, in the world, uh, no pun intended, to what he actually calls himself. Um, and I'm, of course, I'm talking about um, CM Punk. And that's where I got sucked back into wrestling, I think 2011 or 12 or something like that. And I started watching a lot of his promos and I started watching him wrestle, started watching and following his storyline. And then um, life happened and I forgot watching, you know, about it. And then I think uh, 2014 or 15, I happened to stumble upon this promo, which he actually cut, I think around that time, I'm assuming um, on raw as he, um, uh, was scheduled to wrestle John Cena for the WWE Championship, of course. I think the early part part of 2010s, that decade of the last decade, was dedicated to anyone, everyone fighting John Cena for the title. And John Cena ended up winning most of those games. Um, again, predictability kind of like it just lost interest. Um, so this guy... You know, uh, CM Punk scheduled to wrestle um, um, John Cena in a couple of weeks, drops one of the biggest, if not the biggest promos in the history of this profession. And as I was listening to it back then, like for the first time, I still remember goosebumps. I was like, whoa, it was an eight minute long or something, 10 minute long rant on 
towards the end of the show on Raw. So backstory, of course, was, you know, CM Punk had issues with the management. His contract was due to expire pretty soon. Uh, uh, after the title match, he was supposed to be out of contract. But Vince McMahon, being the genius that he is, you know, realized that, oh, you know, you had issues with that. Let's just use that as a ploy. Yes, just use that as business. So, of course, everyone who thinks, anyone who thinks that uh, CM Punk actually went there, you know, and that Mike cut after eight minutes, that was, off. of course, that was planned. But the ideas behind what he said were all, were all true. He actually felt those. He had those issues with the, with the management at the time. And they said, okay, why don't we use this as part of the storyline? And he goes on to this amazing rant, which was the voice of a lot of WB fans, including myself at the time. And when, you know, we felt like, you know, likes of John Cena were being, you know, branded in a certain way, which is not really attitude era. It was just, and it was the attitude era uh, turn up on its head. So um, he cuts this promo. I become an instant fan. And I was like, I am following this guy wherever he goes. Of course, you know, he ends up signing with WB after the championship match. He actually wins the game, leaves the company for three weeks until he makes his amazing return with uh, a theme that he still uses to this day, the cult of personality. Um, and I, I, one of my, my guilty pleasures up on YouTube is to watch like wrestlers making returns. So like Chris Jericho, sometimes, you know, I watch his return, like if he's out for six months or whatever, and then he makes a comeback, right? Those comeback videos really are amazing. But the key is that they should, they should have the entrance music hit. I don't like the comebacks where the guy jumps up from the crowd and then you know, it's a comeback, you know, uh, those are, I get it more adrenaline filled and it's kind of exciting, but I think the whole stage setting off a return is much more exciting to me personally, where, you know, you have the theme music hit and then the guy walks out and the crowd goes wild. That is what I enjoy the most. But anyway, I digress. Um, he ends up saying, sticking with WB and then, few years down the line he ends up leaving the company and i again as a as a person who's been following him for a lot of these years i listened to a lot of his podcasts where he aired those grievances with the with the company with triple h as um the leading guy right with uh, with Vince mcmahon Vince mcmahon obviously you know stepping away and having his what he called doofus son-in-law and daughter in that in that promo that I was talk, uh, talking about, um, run the company. Um, and those were like fair, fair um, uh, criticisms that he had of the company, you know, ranging from storyline gaps and not really picking up pure wrestlers to really taking them to the top, sticking with ass kissers. Um, and then also the, the safety part of it as well, right? Because these guys put their bodies on the line. They need, recuperation time they need to be pampered from a you know health perspective and not really have them treated like gladiators in the, in the fucking Rome right so um, having them really crumble their their mental health and physical health uh, to the ground so all of these issues were valid of course he ended up, he ends up suing the company and kind of like wins one of the um, cases he filed against WB um, but throughout this time the legend of CM Punk kind of grew 
whenever WB um, shows went to Chicago, there was only one guy they talked about. There was only one guy the whole crowd was screaming about, and that was CM Punk. And it was kind of awkward for WB to hear that because they can't blur or, or mute the crowd noise, right? They're chanting CM Punk top of their lungs even when the rock is there um you know in one of those shows so nothing really not you know really f- helps them forget that oh cm punk is no longer part of the company and it's kind of an awkward elephant in the room situation going on um so that legend of cm punk kind of group and he went to ufc didn't really work out for him over there um and then there was a push for him to come back to wbe and of course, he was never going to go back because, you know, he had issues with the people working there at the time. He had some commentary stints with other companies. He had a show uh, on Fox commentating on WWE, which was kind of strange, but he was not working with WWE. He's working with Fox Sports. Um, so that kind of arrangement kind of worked for him until a few weeks ago. He makes a magnificent, triumphant hairs on your neck raising you know return to professional wrestling as part of AEW now this is where the game changes for me and this is where my interest in professional wrestling is back at its peak of course I'm following the guy I watch on Twitter or something he makes his return and I'm like sucker for returns and then this is CM Punk returning to professional wrestling after seven years never gonna miss that watch the whole thing maybe watched a few times it was just so amazing um watch watch him cut another fantastic promo uh watch the crowd really sing the anthem like his 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 um his um entrance music theme with the music being played i mean even louder it, it was just an amazing atmosphere if anyone's interested in watching returns and why i love them should watch that one um when when CM punk made his return to aew uh a few weeks ago aew obviously owned by uh, Shahid Khan's son, Tony Khan. Uh, Tony, I know from ownership of Fulham Football Club in in the Premier League. So I know I had inter- like not interaction with him, but interaction with his name and what he does. And you know, I knew about the the guy. Obviously, I'd heard about AW before CM Punk joined. Uh, I think when Chris Jericho joined a few years ago. Prior, to, I think it was one of the first big signings that they had um but again i was done with professional wrestling as a brand i was like it's not i don't know never gonna go in until cm punk joined i am interested i'm interested in how aw is run i'm interested at how the storylines are being written i'm interested on uh, by you know i'm intrigued by this new talent that aw has like darby allen and and you know uh, i just watched kenny omega the other day uh, that guy can talk on the mic too. So a lot, a lot of these guys are really good on the mic, and that's that's as I said, one of one of the key things I really, really, really enjoy about you know um, the professional wrestling uh, as a product. So to have all of that um, and CM Punk on top of that, it it was just too good for me. So my immediate, I would say, reactions to. Uh, me starting to follow. I haven't still watched watched AW like I used. To. Of course, time doesn't permit me to do that, but I'm still like catching up on highlights and games and 
Ken Gibbs matches and you know uh, promos and of course CM Punk and anything CM Punk does I have to you know um, watch that and pay attention to it so um, I think the talent is number one that I really enjoy about AW the talent is really really good exciting talent new people so I'm kind of excited about like finding out about these new guys right and then um, I think the way the company is run you know you have Adam Cole, by the way, who, who I absolutely love now as well. I didn't know he was so big in the, you know, the underground, not even underground, like pro wrestling circles. Um, and But I knew about him only when he joined AEW, um, I think a week or so after CM Punk joins. And again, fantastic with the mic, that guy, um, Adam Cole. And you know, these guys are, um, I mean, all of these guys, when they were joining, even CM Punk, he doesn't really hold back. He speaks his mind. So I trust him. A lot of the, the themes were that they really enjoy working with Tony and Tony is kind of like that. You know, he's a young guy, Tony. Um, um, I think probably in his thirties, even probably my age, I don't know, but he's a billionaire's son, of course. So, um, he's able to run this massive organization. Um, but but I, I digress again, but I think what I was saying was that a lot of these guys enjoy working with him because he really empowers the wrestlers. He really involves them in, in the in the storylines. And there's a lot of safety protocols. I think that that was the one thing that um, CM Punk really cared about. And the wrestlers seem to enjoy, enjoy um, working there. So that 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 joy kind of like trickles down onto the viewer, I would say, or the consumer. And I really enjoy watching that. So that's one thing. The other thing was the crowd. I mean, WWE crowds, I don't know. I haven't watched WWE in a while. By the way, they're going to be here in the Bay Area, um, I think in October or something. And my wife was asking if I would want to go. And I was like, nah, I'm not, not interested. If AEW was here, I would definitely go. But uh, the crowd is the highlight, I would say, of AEW. The way they really, really engage with the wrestlers um you know especially as i mentioned that cm punk um entrance music theme that they sing pretty much every time he it's get it gets played and then adam cole i thought i saw that you know return or introduction um to aw was amazing um so yeah i think i think i think it seems sounds like a really startupy hip but really solid project, this AEW thing. And they did beat WB Raw in ratings a few weeks ago. So that's the tightest turning. Daniel uh, Bryan, who's now Brian Danielson on AEW, um, joined the company as well. He's known, well known to be one of the best wrestlers out there. Um, and there's murmurs about others joining as well. So, but it's not just that. It's not their. AW doesn't rely, hasn't relied on these big names to join and give them the legitimacy that they they so eagerly wanted. But it's more on the shoulders of their own talent that they've uh, groomed and really brought up, um, like Darby Allen and and, and uh, Kenny Omega. Um, but yeah, that was my that was what a that that that's something that has been exciting me for a while, and I wanted to talk about it. So. Um, Mick Foley released like a, a short video, um, I think right after CM Punk joined or so, or I think maybe after Brian Dalinson joined, saying that WB has a problem. 
because if talent is preferring to go and work in AEW as opposed to WWE, that really raises question marks. And I think it's overall it's going to be better for the industry because WWE has had enjoyed, um, they have enjoyed Monopoly for years on years, and that's why they get away with everything, anything, right? Um, and to this day, they're kind of like relying on people like Brock Lesnar, who is an unbelievable athlete. Trust me. And I enjoy watching him too. But the thing is, if you're going to bring him on like one time, uh, one show a month, or maybe a couple of shows a quarter, you know, that's not worth it. That's not worth it. Me following the whole storyline from scratch. So, uh, whenever they're kind of in deep shit, they they have Brock Lesnar come in or Goldberg come in. Who's that? I heard he's back again. Or The Rock will do one of those promos and is going it, to... It's just not interesting anymore. It's so predictable. It's so lame almost. JR is on AEW. Who wouldn't love that? I mean, growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, listening to JR and Jerry was amazing. So having to hear him and Taz, by the way, is there too in aw so a lot of these guys kind of like you know uh from a commentary perspective like soothe you in transit that transition that you have from wwe to aw is not that difficult because you have these voices that you've heard before and they transition you in pretty well and then you have these faces as well some some of these faces but yeah i would highly advise whoever is a fan of professional wrestling go in and and, and watch aw it's up on tnt here in the united states i don't know about other parts of the world but I'm sure Pakistanis could figure something out um, if they want to watch anything. Um, but yeah, that's the episode for today. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you watch this far. I mean, come on, just hit the, the button. Really appreciate it. Um, and follow us on the audio platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, and also on Audible if anyone listens to that, listens to me through that. Um, um, Until next time, uh, we'll come back with another one. Cheers. Thanks, guys.